Well, hello, and welcome to The Jazz Focus, a podcast dedicated to looking in on some of the more obscure sometimes or focused elements of jazz recording history. My name is John Clark. Happy to have you with us today. If it's your first time, welcome, and uh, if not, welcome back. Today we're going to be listening to a particular recording date, a live recording date that was made in March of 1961 at the Sportpalast in Berlin, a great uh, theatrical venue, and this uh, performance featured Johnny Hodges and his orchestra. Now, Johnny Hodges, of course, was one of the great alto saxophone players of all time. He had uh, played with Duke Ellington's great band from 1928 until this point in 1961, with a a, a hiatus of uh, seven or eight years in the early to mid-50s, where he led his own group, which actually had a hit recording with a tune called Castle Rock, a uh, kind of a rhythm and blues tune. But he came back to the Ellington Band in time for the 1956 Newport Jazz Festival and uh, never left. He uh, stayed with the band and was still playing with them up until a few days before he died in, I think it was 1971, 70-71, something like that. So, on to Johnny Hodges. At this point, Hodges was playing with the Ellington Band, and they had been touring quite extensively uh, in the United States and in Europe as well. But in February of 1961, Ellington began to work on the soundtrack of a film, The Paris Blues. It was being filmed in in Paris, I think, for a while, and uh, he had to take a little break from leading his own band. The band had been scheduled to play in Boston for a couple of weeks, uh, late February, and the contract had been canceled because they found out that Ellington was not going to be with his own band band. So the band was technically at liberty. Uh, So rather than having everybody sitting around collecting money for work they weren't doing, uh, Ellington's manager at the time, Norman Granz, uh, booked a very short tour uh, in Europe uh, that ended up or that passed through the Sport Palast in March of 1961, featuring some of the top soloists of the band and the rhythm section. So in the Johnny Hodges Orchestra, we have Ray Nance playing cornet, violin and singing, Lawrence Brown on trombone, Johnny Hodges on alto sax, Harry Carney on baritone sax, and in the rhythm section, Sam Woodyard on drums, Aaron Bell on bass, and the one ringer, a man named Al Williams on piano. Al Williams had been a a blues piano player and a rhythm and blues piano player and a swing player who was born in Chicago in about 1919. He was leading bands in Chicago by the late 30s, played with a number of uh, fairly well-known musicians, including Jimmy Noon and Red Allen, too, for that matter. And he had toured with the Buck Clayton All-Stars in the late 50s into Europe, and uh, he had somehow ended up getting this gig with Johnny Hodges' band. So that is the band that we're going to be hearing. And this uh, concert presented a mix of uh, Johnny Hodges' features, because of course he is the most featured member of the band, and also some Ellington standards. Uh, I think it was originally actually called or billed as Johnny Hodges and the Duke Ellington All-Stars or Duke Ellington Soloists, something like that. So we're going to hear some Ellington tunes, some sort of cut-down arrangements of Ellington uh, band tunes, and some unusual things as well. Uh, This uh, concert has been released on two albums and two CDs, and so it goes on for about two hours. It was a a very generous concert. and obviously we're not going to play all of that. I picked some of my favorites. This is a, a concert I've been familiar with since I found this album, or the album set, in a public library when I was in high school and just starting to get into jazz and saxophone, and I was immediately attracted to Johnny Hodge's sound for obvious reasons. We'll talk a little bit about the men in the band and 
uh, where they came from and where they went after we uh, listen to a few tunes. So the first thing we're going to hear is a uh, an Ellington classic from about 1930 called Rockin' in Rhythm. And they played pretty much the standard Ellington arrangement. This is a tune that was in Ellington's playlist uh, from the time he wrote it, uh, again, about 1930, up until uh, he died in 1974. And it continued to get faster and faster as the years went by. Uh, it went from rocking to running to racing, I suppose. Um, but uh, this is a, a tempo that we're going to hear that's definitely on the upside that does feature the solos very well, especially Lawrence Brown and um, Carney. After that, we're going to hear kind of an atmospheric piece. Uh, we're going to hear a, an atmospheric treatment, I should say, of Autumn Leaves, which will feature Ray Nance's violin and Harry Carney's baritone saxophone. A very interesting combination. I don't know if this was in the Ellington book or if this was just something they decided to do uh, on this tour, but it works very, very well. Then a Hodges feature, after that, a blues tune, which will feature some of the other members of the band, too, called Things Ain't What They Used to Be. So those are our first three tunes, Rockin' and Rhythm, Autumn leaves and things ain't what they used to be.
So there we have some good examples of small group swing kind of restored to prominence in the 1960s, early 1960s. So we started with Rockin' in Rhythm, an Ellington tune, and uh, didn't feature Johnny Hodges. Featured uh, Harry Carney doing some wonderful solo work. Too often at this point he was sort of just playing in the section, which was an important job for him in the Ellington band. His big rich sound really set the, the tonality of the section and, and gave that saxophone section its, its bass and really the whole band. It, it, it really added to the characteristic sound of the Ellington band. But his soloing was always interesting. He was never considered a great soloist, but he could certainly uh, do very well on a tune like Rockin' and Rhythm, where he actually was playing uh, on baritone sax the clarinet solo uh, begun by Barney Bagard, and that he, Carney, took later on on clarinet, the, on the minor strain. Then we heard some excellent Lawrence Brown playing trombone and Ray Nance playing cornets. We'll talk about them in a little while. Then, speaking of Ray Nance and Harry Carney, we have that lovely duet on Autumn Leaves, which was a, a tune from the 19, late 50s and 60s. It was a new tune at the time, very beautiful atmospheric tune that featured also some wonderful percussion effects by Sam Woodyard. Sam Woodyard uh, was playing drums with Duke Ellington oh, for about 11 years, I think. Um, from 55 till about 1966. This was after he had played with quite a few other groups, including Roy Eldridge, um, Billy Holiday, Milt Buckner. Uh, after leaving Ellington, he played with Ella Fitzgerald and then jobbed around a bit. He uh, was born in 1925, passed away in 1988 in Paris. He was very well thought of in France. And his partner in the rhythm section, Aaron Bell, uh, bass player, was born in 1921. He actually came from Muskogee, Oklahoma, and uh, he played, uh, he was a very well-trained musician who ended up in the Navy playing in the Navy band uh, during World War II, and played with quite a few groups, only was with Ellington for about two years, from about 60 to 62, uh, which was the time when this was recorded, obviously, this Johnny Hodges session. After that, he went in to do Broadway pit work, which was unusual in the 60s, even by the 60s for an African-American musician, but he was that good, and uh, he did very well with that, and also did quite a bit of music education and theatrical work as well. Then we finished up that set with Things Ain't What They Used To Be, a tune that I think was credited to Mercer Ellington, Duke Ellington's son, although that might have had more to do with copyright uh, and, and royalties uh, issues than anything else, although Mercer was a very good musician in his own right, trumpet player, and he led the Duke Ellington band following Duke's death in 1974. And on Things Ain't What They Used To Be, we heard more uh, Ray Nance and uh, Lawrence Brown, but quite a good helping of the leader in this case, Johnny Hodges, at the beginning and the end, using that wonderful bluesy, creamy alto sax tone that he was so well known for. So now we're going to go on to some more Ellington tunes. We're going to go on to the Sea Jam Blues, which was um, a tune that uh, I think made its debut on a Barney Bagard uh, Pater's session, a small group Ellington session in the 1930s, and became a staple in the band's repertoire after that. Then we're going to hear a medley of two Ellington classics, the first one featuring Harry Carney on I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart, and then a Ray Nance vocal feature on Don't Get Around Much Anymore. Then we're going to go to another tune that was not by Duke Ellington, but was a feature for Lawrence Brown uh, from the late 30s on, Rose of the Rio Grande. It also featured on the original recording Ivy Anderson singing, but in place of a vocal on this, we have a beautiful solo by Johnny Hodges. And then following that, we're going to hear a Johnny Hodges original that he did for one of his small group sessions called Good Queen Bess. Lots of good Hodges on that as well. So those are our four tunes coming up. Good long session. Sea Jam Blues, a medley of I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart and Don't Get Around Much Anymore, and then Rose of the Rio Grande, 
ending up with Good Queen Bess.
So there we have some more fine small group sessions for you. We started out with the Sea Jam Blues, which featured all of the soloists, all of the frontline soloists, Harry Carney, um, Lawrence Brown, Ray Nance, and then the leader, Johnny Hodges. But it also served as a feature for the piano player, Al Williams, who showed off some of his blues chops there at the beginning and the end. Uh, some good block chording things. And uh, at the beginning, he was doing a Duke Ellington imitation, I think, trying to color the ensemble the way Ellington would have. But uh, in his solo later on, it was definitely more of his own style. Then we went to the medley of two tunes. I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart, featuring the enormous uh, sound of Harry Carney. Harry Carney uh, was the longest-serving musician in Ellington's band. He had been born in Boston in 1910, very near Johnny Hodges, who was born, I think, a year later there. But Carney, uh, by the time he was 17, was playing professionally in Boston, and Ellington had heard him on a tour and asked him to join the band, and actually had to ask his mother's permission to let him go. Uh, and he did, and he started recording almost right away and stayed with him until a uh, few months after Ellington passed away in 1974, Carney died as well and stayed with him that whole amount of time. He was really kind of a, the deputy leader of the Ellington band, and as I said, his sound uh, quality and that tonal coloration he brought as the baritone saxophone player was very important in Ellington's uh, palette of sounds that he created for his band. And that's very well shown off and I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart. Then it went into uh, Don't Get Around Much Anymore, featuring Ray Nance on cornet and vocal. He was a great showman, Ray Nance. He uh, had been born in 1913 in Chicago. He had uh, come up studying in uh, some of the uh, clubs in Chicago, certainly, and also uh, coming up with musicians like Milt Hinton and uh, Quinn Wilson and people like that. He was playing in Horace Henderson, Fletcher Henderson's brother's band by the late 30s, about 1940 or so. And from there, he went to Ellington's band and stayed with him more or less until he passed away uh, in uh, 1976. Well, he didn't, uh, didn't play that long with Ellington. Ellington had passed away a couple of years earlier. But uh, Nance was a, a, a continuous presence in the band. He came, he left, he came back. And uh, Ellington valued him greatly, not only for his playing and singing, but for his entertaining. He would dance, he would play violin, he could joke. Uh, there was one point where the band wasn't working in the late 40s, and Ellington was hired to go to England uh, to tour some of the uh, music halls and do a, a show of his own tunes. And he wasn't allowed to bring his band because of union rules, but he did bring Ray Nance and his singer, Kay Davis. And the three of them went and did uh, a series of performances uh, over there. So it's interesting that of all the musicians, uh, working for Ellington at the time and before, and all the people who would have gone with him that he picked Ray Nance. Then we heard Rose of the Rio Grande, a feature for Lawrence Brown. Lawrence Brown was uh, born in Kansas in 1907, but he actually started playing uh, recognizable gigs or national gigs when he was in Los Angeles. Uh, he was... Uh, playing uh, by the early 1930s with uh, a band that was led by uh, Paul Howard. And eventually, uh, it was kind of taken over, for a couple of recording sessions anyway, uh, by Louis Armstrong. And he recorded with um, uh, that band, along with Lionel Hampton, who was in that band as well. That was in the early 30s. Uh, right after that, or actually it was about 1930, because almost immediately after that, by 1932 or so, he joined Duke Ellington. And he stayed with uh, Ellington's band until 
until about 1951, and he left to go on the road with Johnny Hodges when Hodges left. That was the period that Hodges took off from the Ellington Band. And after that, uh, rather, Lawrence Brown did uh, quite a bit of other work for different uh, groups. He did studio work. He was an exceptionally good musician with a beautiful sound. Tommy Dorsey cited him as one of his favorite trombone players. And then he went back to Ellington in 1960 and stayed another 10 years. After that, he retired and uh, didn't uh, do any more outside playing. So following that, the last tune we heard was Good Queen Bess, which featured the leader, uh, Johnny Hodges. Also some Lawrence Brown and uh, uh, rhythm section as well, but Johnny Hodges is featured there as he will be on the next two tunes. Uh, he was born in 1907 in Boston, actually in Cambridge, uh, to a really vibrant community of saxophone players. Harry Carney, as I said, was there. Uh, Charlie Holmes, who later played with Louis Russell's band, I believe was his... Um, brother-in-law, and he uh, was of the same age and lived nearby, as did Howard Johnson, not the later player with the World Saxophone Quartet, but uh, the alto player whose nickname was Swan. Um, Johnny Hodge's mother's maiden name was Swan, so I don't know, they may have been cousins, I'm not sure about that, but Howard Johnson came to New York and he played with Teddy Hill's band and uh, later on Dizzy Gillespie's band. If you can uh, find my podcast on the Dizzy Gillespie Big Band at the Spotlight Club, Howard Johnson is featured on several of the tunes there, even though he wasn't a bebop player himself. So Hodges uh, joined Ellington's band after playing in Boston, making the acquaintance of Sidney Bechet when he was touring there and studying informally with him. Uh, he went to New York uh, in about 1924-25, and by 1928 he was with the Ellington band, and as I said, he stayed with him until 1951, then left for a couple of years, well, more than a few, a couple of years, for about four or five years, actually, and then came back to uh, join them in time for the... Um, um, Newport Jazz Concert of 1956, in which he was featured extensively. And then he stayed with him until May 1970 when he died. And uh, he was supposed to have been featured on Ellington's album in production at the time. He was going to do a tribute to Cindy Boucher and play soprano sax, which he hadn't played in many years, and unfortunately he never got a chance to record that. Uh, although his soprano playing in the 1940s is, and 30s was extraordinary. So we're going to do two more tunes for you from this date of March of 1961 at the Sportpalast in Berlin. Um, this is the Johnny Hodges Orchestra, or Johnny Hodges with the Duke Ellington All-Stars. And this is a feature for Hodges that was composed by Jimmy McHugh. Uh, he had recorded this with Lionel Hampton's band in the 1930s, a recording band, late 1930s, and then he recorded it again several times on combo dates. And he may have been featured with the Ellington Band doing this, but this was really his own interpretation of the tune on the sunny side of the street. And following that, we're going to end up with a, a good old good one called Perdido. And we'll talk about that when we come back.
So there we are, Johnny Hodges and his orchestra. On the sunny side of the street, a really sinuous, beautiful performance in the classic Johnny Hodges ballad style there. And then Perdita, which featured all of the members of the band, including Aaron Bell on a bass solo and Sam Woodyard on a little bit of drum solo in there too. Um, and all of the horn players as well. So that's a really excellent concert and we just listened to less than half of it there were quite a few other tunes a lot of them are very brief because they're just little solo cameos of a chorus or a chorus and a half of a ballad or something like that they're almost like medleys that were just separated by audience uh, uh, applause and things like that but there were some other very fine ones too if you're into sam woodyard there's a version of stompy jones that has about a five minute drum solo on it and uh, that's worth looking up but uh, these were my favorites so i hope you enjoyed this program again you're listening to the jazz focus my name is john clark um if you're interested in uh, sponsoring us we have a little sponsorship button so do consider doing that uh lots more programs coming up uh may do another one on johnny hodges at some point of his earlier recordings or some of his non-ellington recordings which are very interesting as well so if you would like to get in touch with us uh Check me out on my social media presence, which is my band name, the Wolverine Jazz Band. So it's wolverinejazzband.com or that same name on Instagram or Facebook. And let me know how you like things and if you'd like any different programs or anything like that. So I appreciate your support and visiting us on such a regular basis. And I will see you on the other side.